Welcome everyone to episode 9 of Authentic Christianity. Today though, we'll be discussing why Spider-Man is the greatest superhero of all time. Alright, so made a pretty powerful claim. Perhaps, I think many people might agree with me. Well, I think many people would agree that Spider-Man is their favorite or the most popular of all time. That argument could be made, but the greatest. What does it mean to be the greatest? Um, I'm going to delve into that a little bit. And some of you may argue with the adjective, but the number one, maybe you can put it that way. IGN, big uh, kind of comic book organization, they had Spider-Man as three. Superman one, Batman two, Spider-Man 3, Wolverine 4, and Wonder Woman 5. This was maybe 10 years ago. So that if they were to do it again, perhaps they would mix it up a little bit more. Although, it's hard to really... I mean, maybe all the PCers would want them to put Wonder Woman higher. But, um, kind of hard to mix up that top 5. I actually think you could probably... If I was to take any of them out of the top 5, it would probably be Wonder Woman... I don't know who I'd replace her with. Someone might want to put in like Captain America or Iron Man at this point. More Captain America. Um, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with keeping Wonder Woman there. Um, so anyway, um, after 9-11, well, Spider-Man's been around since like the 60s. And um, hopefully you all know the story. I don't have to rehash it for everyone. Nerdy high school kid, bitten by a radioactive spider become Spider-Man. Um, so, you know, after 9-11 happened, um, I forget who at Marvel it was, but that person's kid asked where the heroes were, the superheroes were. I mean, the heroes were the police, fire, emergency personnel that were there. Those, those were the heroes, obviously, and they still are heroes. Um, but the person meant, like, where were the, the superheroes? So they wrote, um, they're like, well, we should write something about this. Who do they um, decide to use? Who, whose book do you put it in? Amazing Spider-Man. All black cover. There's only 18 lines spoken, and it, the, the opening features Spider-Man on top of some building in Queens. And in the background, you just see um, the towers being hit. Maybe it was the first crash. I, I can't recall. And he's just holding his head to his ears and just saying, God. And then you see, uh, so he heads over and you see people running saying, where were you? Where were you, Spider-Man? Why didn't you stop this? And the, the, the scenes that follow are um, other heroes helping. The news reports even, you know, had an image of, you know, who Bin Laden was on the camera. It had what would have happened on Flight 93. You know, the, the men on that flight that turned around and went after the cockpit to bring down, you know, heroes. Heroes. You know, honestly, not, not to get too off track, but I recently read an article about 9-11 that said, you know, discussed the, um, the children that perished. I think there's seven of them. Um, maybe it wasn't all of them, but really, I mean, the youngest was like two or three. I had a picture, and a woman wrote an article about them because she just wanted to know who they were. 
you know, as, as a dad of a two-year-old, it's like, it just breaks your heart because you see these, these pictures of these little, these little babies, these kids, usually with really big smiles because they haven't been tainted yet. And, you know, I just think about my son. Something happened to my son. Like, he falls, he gets hurt. Okay, yeah. And he actually cut his lip the other day, and there was a little blood, and that was, that was my heart really hurt for that one. But, you know, if he just trips and, you know, bumps his head, cries, okay, you're okay. But thinking about him, like, really getting hurt, you can't, you can't go there. It's just, it's heart-wrenching. Um, so they told it through the story of Spider-Man, because Spider-Man in many ways is each of us. Now, maybe I say that more because I'm an East Coaster, Northeastern, you know, New Jersey, from New Jersey, and Spider-Man's a New Yorker. He's from Queens, man. You know, there's that great scene in Civil War. And thank, I'm so, it's so thankful that they, Sony worked it out with Marvel to get Spider-Man in Civil War. You know, where Spider-Man's fighting Captain America. And Captain America, after Captain America finally beats him. Um, he's like, where are you from, kid? And he goes, Queens. And Captain America goes, Brooklyn. And, you know, it's cool. And, um, God, I hope Captain America's from Brooklyn. Because if he's not, I'm going to feel really stupid. Better check that on me. Um. Anyway, so they told it, you know, the X-Men were there. and It was really weird because they even had, like, terrorists. Like, they had Dr. Doom, who's a terrorist. Um, like, crying because of what happened after 9-11. Character-wise, probably not because Dr. Doom has tried to destroy the world. Um, so, Spider-Man is, um... There, and he's dealt with a lot in his life. If any of you, I thought about doing a podcast on him to talk about how imperfect he is and how human he is. You know, he's not Thor. He's not Iron Man. Tony Stark all his money. Cap is very much us, I think, in some ways. You know, he's not Wolverine with his healing power. He's not Superman who can do everything. He's not Batman who has, again, all this money and his genius. You know, um, yes, he does have superpowers, but he deals with, like, everyday life situations. You know, he wasn't getting a paycheck like, you know, the Avengers were. Um, he wasn't living in a mansion with, you know, Professor X and the X-Men. He doesn't have a fortress of solitude, you know, or the island of Themyscira like Wonder Woman. Um... You know, he, he was dating this girl, Gwen Stacy, if you've seen... Now, I have to say, there's been three iterations of Spider-Man films. First two do not count. The Tobey Maguire one's awful. Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire seems like he's actually, like, a pretty cool guy, you know. He actually talks about how his parents kept him out of, like, parties in Hollywood because of the stuff that happened there. And I'm not talking about, like, drugs. I'm talking about, like, sexual abuse. If you read about, like, what stuff that Corey Haim and Corey Feldman wrote, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, he was decent as Frodo. Anyway, um, Andrew Garfield, interesting interpretation. Definitely better, um, although both iterations of the Green Goblin in those films were awful. And Willem Dafoe, who played the Green Goblin in the to Tobey Maguire ones, is an amazing actor. 
so I chalked that up to directing because you know the costume it looked like a, it looked like one of those like Power Ranger enemies. So we're talking, but if you if you did see the Spider Man, um, the second one, Andrew Garfield and Gwen Stacy, where she gets killed, you know her neck snaps, you know that happened in the comics. The Green Goblin threw her off a bridge. Spider Man went to save her. Um, shot out one of his webs, grabbed her by the ankle, and he gave her a whiplash and snapped her neck. His first girlfriend, his first love. You know, and inadvertently, he's responsible for her death. And her father, who was a captain in the police department, also died. Spider-Man talks about Peter Parker. Talks about that regularly. So he's dealt with loss. Now, all heroes have dealt with loss. Um, they kind of all do. And, of course, Uncle Ben, you know, the impetus for him becoming Spider-Man. Um, similar to the X-Men, Spider-Man always had negative public relations. Largely because of the Daily Bugle, Jane Jonah Jameson. You know, but he always did was he always tried to do was right. Like despite all the negative press, you know, he was always like fighting against it. So I actually, I do find some of that, you know, it's not necessarily like a Christian thing. It it, it is to a degree, but it's, um, it's also just doing the right thing no matter what people say, or or being who you are. Really, more of this being who you are despite what people think of you. And I think in that sense, that is a very Christ-like understanding of who we are because God views each of us as we are. God doesn't view us as um, what we do for a living. He doesn't view us, you know, hey, hi, I'm Mike, I'm nice to meet you. What do you do for a living? You know, like, come on. That's not who we are. We are not our jobs. We are not um, our fitness. We're not, we're not our families, although people introduce themselves a lot of times by their families, you know. Hi, I'm Worf, son of Moog. If you don't get that, sorry. Um, you know, well, in the genealogy of Jesus, too, if you look at that, you know, from the line of David, that was very important for um, uh, the Jews to understand um, when when Paul was, when, when Jesus came in, and I forget which one, is, I think it's Matthew, is the gospel written mostly for the Jews, um, where, you know, they give the whole genealogy of, uh, of Jesus. Um, so it's important. So, so family's important, but we're not our families, according to, to God. You know, we are, each of us, accepted as we are. That's the beautiful thing about Christianity. Jesus was up on that cross. You know, there was two thieves. Many of you probably know the story. Even if you're not like regular church attenders, you've probably heard the story. Two thieves, it was three, you know, two. They were on crosses on either side. His cross was basically capital punishment, like being hung today or a firing squad or oh, we don't do firing squads anymore i don't think um hanging or lethal injection um killed by ravenous dogs or ravenous pigs like in the movie snatch um so jesus is up there and there's these two you know thieves they were like they incited riots they were awful 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 people and um the one the ones there is like jesus you know you're the son of god get us off these crosses save save us and save yourself and then the other guy on the other side of jesus the other thief is like you know basically tells him to shut up he's like and he looks at jesus and says remember me when you come into your kingdom and jesus says today i tell you you'll be with me in paradise now let me ask you this you got jesus on the cross in the middle of these two other thieves and the one says remember me and jesus says today you'll be with me in paradise now, did that guy get baptized? No, he didn't have time. I remember one teacher's like, well, yeah, Jesus probably spit on him. Like, give me a break. 
Um, did that guy have time to, I mean, repentance, that, that would be a repentance, you know, remember me. But did he have time to go out and make up for all the bad things he did? No. Because that, that, that's how simple Jesus is. You know, there might be this, there, there's these ideas that Jesus is this like universal poli policeman. You know, guilt. Every little bad thing you do. Oh, check, bad thing. Check, bad thing. You know. No. You know, there's even this notion that Jesus is just like, yeah, he's a good guy, good dude. You know, friend. And he is. He's a friend. He it says, the Bible says he's our friend. Um, But he's he's so much more than that. He's not just a friend. It's like, those, those parents. You know, I do have a younger son, so I haven't seen this. But I've always heard... Parents who just try to be their kids' friends and not their parents, it doesn't really work out too well. But Jesus is much more than a friend. He wants what's best for us. Because he loves us just as we are. We don't have to change for him. We don't have to change to come to him, to accept him. Um, when people ask, when will, we for when will Jesus forgive us? He forgave us at the cross. We're already forgiven. We just have to say yes and accept that. So, um, just trying to do what's right. Jesus, and he tried to do what he thought was right. He always did. And he, but he, he called people out, man. You know, he's like, you know, people were telling him, you should do this. You know, why do you eat with sinners? And this should be a call to Christians. You know, Jesus was eating with the, 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 the less than people of the day. You know, the tax collectors. He, he ate dinner with prostitutes. You know, that's a call for, for anyone who's a Christian to, like, not think you're better than anyone else. You know, there's a lot of, obviously, um, discord between Christianity and the LBGTQ plus community. Why? Why would you not reach out to anyone? Try to... You know, there's this there's this theory in communication. It's called invitational rhetoric. You know, I'm getting my PhD. So one of the things PhD tried to get published. So I was in a class, a publication, and you know we published a whole book. The whole class did. Each of us had a chapter. I co-authored a chapter with a shout out to Josh Weiss. Uh, there was another chapter. It was all about the take and knee controversy in the NFL. There was another chapter written by Katie Clark and Chris Conley. Shout out. Yeah, call something like invitational rhetoric, where you 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 don't try to persuade someone what you think. You just kind of invite them to the table and say, "Let's share ideas," and you treat them as like an equal. Well, the people that did, in their research in their book chapter, they they found the people that didn't do that over the take knee issue. Like, I think they should kneel. No, I think they should stand. And it doesn't matter if you think you're right or wrong. It's that, that's not what it is. It's just understanding each other. Friendships were hurt. Was they didn't use like an invitational approach. They tried to like persuade each other, and like there was like a decades long friendships that were never the same after that. Um, I forget where I was kind of going with this, but you know, you can just come back to Jesus at any time. You can just come anytime, and because he's oh oh with the with the Christians in the LBGT like communities or or. Or any other community. Um, treating people just as equals. No, no one is better than anyone else. 
you know, people might think they are Christians, and Christians think they are sometimes too. Honestly, Christians are just saved by grace. Um, we found something that you know we want to share with other people: freedom, heart freedom. I've mentioned that before. Um, and, and another thing, so let's bring it back to uh, Spider-Man. If, if any of you saw the last film, Spider-Man: Far From Home, which was the last episode of Marvel Phase Three after Endgame, Thanos is defeated, Tony Stark sacrifices himself, and that's how Far From Home ends. Spoiler alert, you know, you should have seen it already. Sorry. So they have a little tribute at the beginning of uh, Spider-Man, you know, to Iron Man, to Black Widow, Captain America, who didn't, we know didn't die, but everyone thinks he died, and uh, Vision. <clears throat> so, you know, it starts off, they go, and Spider-Man, he's, it's funny because he's trying to, like, connect with Mary Jane, and I actually really like her as Mary Jane. It's Zendaya, which I had no idea to the end. Zendaya from Disney and from The Greatest Showman. It's like she plays this, like, you know, really... Not so, she, she had, like, sex appeal in Greatest Showman. She definitely did. And, you know, obviously all the, all the dancing and everything and the acrobats. And then in Spider-Man, she's, like, this real nerdy high school girl. <laughs> you know, I'm glad Mary Jane was a nerd and said this, like, bombshell... Um, model actress, you know, you know, nerds are cool today, and you know what, the whole nerdy boy gets the girl, the prom queen girl, you know, they they connect, let the let the nerds get together. Um, so you see him trying to like navigate that, which you know we can all connect with trying to talk trying to talk to someone that you like, and so so the the protagonist. Is Spider Man, of course, and then Nick Fury is in it. We learn later it's a scroll, but it's Nick Fury. And the antagonist is Mysterio, one of Spider Man's most notable enemies of all time, Sinister Six. Um, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. I never really cared for a person. Anyway, um, so you think Mysterio's a good guy, and it turns out he's a bad guy, you find out later. But um, Happy Hogan is in it. Who's um you know John Favreau Iron Man's you know buddy, and he gives Spider Man these special glasses that basically Spider Man can do anything with. You know Peter can do he can save your lives. You can call on like satellites, and, you know, because he he saw Peter is taking his place. And there's a really cool scene later in the film, you know, uh, where Spider Man's acting just like Tony when he's putting together the new Spider suit, and. So he has these glasses, and then Spider-Man screws up. He sees Mysterio as this guy. He's like, "No, Mysterio, you should have these glasses." Now Mysterio was trying, was basically playing him the whole time. So he basically Peter doesn't think he's worthy of these glasses. So he gives up his gift. How many of us have given up our gifts, or our talents, or our abilities? See, God has blessed each of us. It's harder for some people. Sometimes it takes longer. You know, some people make say maybe very gifted athletes. You're like, well, what am I? I'm not. I'm not good at this. Or I can't do that. And then maybe it takes a while. But you know, God has gifted each of us, and He doesn't want us to waste those at all. Um, there's even then to take it to the that that, that that's why Spider-Man resonates. You know, sometimes you see heroes like you see like you know maybe like um, you know Batman. Uh, I can't try to think. Um, Wolverine. Um, you know, for the longest time, he never thought he could be a good leader. 
because he didn't have the temperament. Uh, okay, but Spider-Man, you know, the thing thought he was, like, stupid, ugly. You know, I mean, the Hulk, you know, Bruce Banner, I'm be the Hulk. Spider-Man, um, he's still young. I mean, the comics now, he's, like, in his, like, 20s, you know, he's older. At least they play him as older. But he's like, am I good enough? Like, to save these people, to, 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 to help people, I let somebody die. You know, am I good enough to be Spider-Man anymore? Um, and we, we relate to him because then he goes home and he has to take care of his aunt, old Aunt May. Who, who dies in the comic at one point. Everyone dies, I know. No one stays dead unless you're Uncle Ben. Or Thunderbird. Um, Necrotia doesn't count, Chris North. Um, the original Captain Marvel, I don't think he's ever come back either. Um, there's probably a couple more. You know, so yeah, Amy dies. Or no, no, or she's dying. She gets shot and she's dying. That's what it is. So to save her life, Peter Parker makes a deal with the devil. Mephisto, the devil character in Marvel. To, to, to save this person's life. To save his, his aunt's life. The consequences are that he and Mary Jane, they were married, that they would never have gotten married. It was a pretty, like, honestly, it was a really awful storyline. Like, they were basically going to retcon the whole series and basically, like, 30 years of Spider-Man never happened the way we know it have happened. Um, but forget all that for now. Um, what would you do if someone, you know, is really hurting and you're trying to save them? Like, you know, get to see someone going through real desperate measures. And and I'm sure there's other examples in the comics that I've not thought of. You know, people sacrifice themselves all the time, but it's Peter Parker, Spider-Man, the kid from Queens, who's just trying to fit in. He tried to join the Avengers so many times. And they were like, yeah, no, you mess with the team cohesion. And then finally when they were like, yeah, we want you to join, he's like, no, thanks. <laughs> um, now he's like, I think he's kind of like a member now, at least a provisional member. You know, he's just trying to fit in. And and that's what I think is is that's what I think makes him the greatest. You know, the most relatable to say the least. And again, there's probably, you know, someone could, you know, feel free to post on my Facebook or Instagram and say, like, what about this this hero? What about that hero? Um Sure, bring bring it on, but I'll throw up Spider Man against any of them. I mean, Spider Man also took down Colossus and Magic. That's Colossus' sister. One on two. When they both... And now, they're tough on their own. But they were possessed by the Phoenix Force. You know, the Phoenix Force. And Spider-Man <laughs> took them both down. He was smarter than them. Um, so, should we all be like Spider-Man? Hey, sure, why not? Let's crawl on walls. Should we all realize that None of us is perfect. Don't try to be perfect. We all make mistakes. We're all trying to fit in, live our best lives, do the right thing. That's being human. And that's how God loves us and accepts us. And we just say yes to that and find freedom. Thank you all so much for listening. And I'll look forward to you. I have no idea what my next 
topic will be about. I'll shall come up with something. But I appreciate you all so much for sticking with me and listening and spreading the word and being who you are. Take care. I'm Michael Rett. This is Authentic Christianity.